to Indigenous Earth Community Podcast. I'm your host, Frank Weaver. And today we have an amazing episode about the monarch butterflies and their winter home in Mexico. In today's episode, I talked to Jose Luis Alvarez, a Mexican tree nurseryman who has for decades been growing trees for reforestation projects. In 1997, he created Forest for Monarchs, a nonprofit designed to restore the monarch forest habitat and at the same time give indigenous people a desperately need source of wood for cooking, heating, and building houses. Join us as Jose tells us what the arrival of the monarch butterflies in Michoacán signifies to the local indigenous people and his decades-long work to reforestate their winter home. Stay tuned as we learn and what we can do at home to help these magical creatures. Jose Luis Alvarez, I want to thank you so much for uh, protecting our planet, our forests, our monarch butterflies. And uh, thank you so much for being here with us on an Indigenous Earth Community Podcast. I know there's a magical energy from the migration of the monarch butterflies. I think at one point you even described it as being spiritual. Uh, so I was wondering... <laughs> Do you have any like words of wisdom or a short prayer that uh, you can share with us? I can tell you what the what the local indigenous people believe. They believe that the, the butterflies that, that arrive here in in Michoacan, they arrive always on the Day of the Dead, and we celebrate the Day of the Dead in Mexico. And they believe that it's their ancestors, or originally that they were the warriors, the warriors for many years before, right? So it's a celebration of these monarchs coming, and they feel that maybe these monarchs have, you know, the souls of the warriors or the souls of their their grandparents or great-grandparents are in these butterflies, right? But it definitely is. It's very magical, you see, because you know the story about the monarchs. The monarchs that come here are three, de- three generations from the original ones that have been here that spent the winter here. And they, they don't know where they're going or they don't know, no one understands yet exactly how they come back to the same forest year after year. Yeah, that's, that's incredible. And it has to be a beautiful sight to see all these monarch butterflies wintering in Mexico. You know, one time I took a bus from Orlando to Texas and from Texas to Puebla. And I just love Mexico. The people there are so friendly. Uh, the food is great. Uh, but I never mean to uh, to Michoacan. Uh, what does it look like uh, the forest there with the butterflies? Well, this is the transvolcanic chains of mountains. Okay, so there's a lot of uh, volcanoes, um, not active volcanoes, and it's just you know beautiful forest. But what has happened in the last few years is they destroyed the forest and they're planting avocado trees because they opened. Uh, the border from the United States to be able to export the avocados. And because of this, they destroyed, you know, a great part of the forest in Michoacan. And in fact, that's going on in the butterfly area as well now. They're cutting down the forest and they're planting avocados. Well, that's, that's very sad, you know, especially here in the United States that avocados is so popular, you know. In a way, you know, the, the need of avocados here in the United States is kind of destroying the forest where the monarch are butterfly is, and it's kind of sad, you know. It's destroying the forest all over Michoacan and the states, all the states around under us, which is Nayarit, Jalisco, Estado de Mexico. They're all destroying the forest, 
to plant these avocados. They call it green gold, okay? And, and so the people that are buying it, it's just, you know, the base mark, the biggest market is the United States. You've got Japan, you got China that's buying it, Europe is buying it, but the biggest market is the United States. When they lifted the embargo years ago, normally the embargo was to protect the producers from California and from Florida. And as soon as they lifted that, it just went crazy here. You know, they just started cutting down the forest and planting the, the avocados because it's, you know, it's, there's a lot of money in this crop. Halftime show for the earth. Enjoy a one minute sound of the butterflies in the forest. Thank you for joining us again. We continue our interview with Jose Luis. But let me go back to the butterfly, all right? Yeah. Let me tell you, when I started, what I was doing is I was reforesting their habitat, the nucleus, all right, where they actually spend the winter, all right? So I started doing that, and then after a while, I decided that I would plant outside of the nucleus. I'll tell you why. Because the nucleus, when, when one of the owners, because these are communities, uh, needed some money because he had a child that was ill or whatever, he would go into the natural forest, in other words, the nucleus, and he would cut some trees and sell them, and then, you know, he could cover the, the doctor expenses as well. But since right below it, it's, it's this immediately below it, they have all these fields that where they were planting oats and corn. I decided what I would do is leave the natural forest alone. I would transform these agricultural fields into commercial forests. So in the future, they would have their their own wood to build their houses, to cook their food, because these people are forest people, all right? This is the way they, they live, all right? They build their houses with wood. They cook with wood. And if they need income, they'll cut some trees and sell them. So for the last, I guess, I start, the nucleus I did for about five years, and the rest of this time is 22 years left, or what's left of it, I've been planting around it. And this, in other words, just below the nucleus in the buffer, and in the buffer as well. And so now they have commercial forests that they've cut, that they're making money with. If they're the ones that have cut it or selectively cut it, or those that have clear cut, have replanted, and now they have a source of income, and they don't have to go into the natural forest where you have all the medicinal plants, where you have the overwintering sites for the butterflies. And this this is what this is the the best part of this plan or, or what I do is to take the pressure off the natural forest by making commercial plantations just below the nucleus in the buffer. 
That's incredible work that uh, you're doing. And what can people here do to support you? You know, is there a website they can go to? Yes, there's a website. And uh, I think the easiest way to get into it is uh, uh, Forest for Monarchs. And that way people can go in and can, they can see pictures and they can see the work that you're doing? They can, they can see films. They can see, you know, everything that I've done for the last 22 years. And they can make donations. If somebody's interested in making a donation, that's fine. Perfect. And we're almost wrapping up here. Is there anything else that you want to talk about that we uh, miss? Well, I think that the most important thing is that uh, you asked me why the decline in the modern population, right? And so there's several reasons for this. Uh, one of them, uh, which was very imminent, was the deforestation in the nucleus and uh, in the buffer zone in the monarchs. But then there was a bigger problem, which was the United States. The milkweed that used to grow on the sides of the roads in the United States uh, is being mowed and they're using uh, insecticides to kill the milkweed, okay? And with all the transgenic corn or soy or whatever, uh, the milkweed disappeared as well. But for the last, I think, I guess maybe three or four years, the United States is beginning to understand this. People are making milkweed gardens. I think they've stopped mowing and stopped uh, uh, putting insect uh, herbicides on the sides of the roads. And even though we have climate change, which means that once in a while it snows or it hails here and it freezes the butterflies, the butterflies on their way to the United States and to Canada, which is three generations, sometimes, sometimes it's four, sometimes uh, whatever, if they don't have enough food to eat, well, they can't reproduce, and this is a big problem, milkweed in the United States. So it's like a problem, it was something that had to be handled on both sides. You couldn't blame Mexico for deforestation without blaming the United States to get their act together and start planting milkweed once again. Yeah, I, I like the way that you are seeing the, the part of the problem that is a global problem that is in both sides of the border, and we really have to come together and do our part, you know. And with that, uh, what, what is one thing that people can do to help the monarch uh, butterfly? If you want to give them a little bit of a homework. Homework for the earth. Well, it's very easy. Plant milkweed. Instead of having, instead of having a lawn that you're, that you're mowing and uh, a lawn that you're spending fertilizer on and you're watering, make a natural garden, a front yard or a backyard. Make it natural with milkweed and with uh, uh, flowers that, that have pollen, and, you know, that's it. That's amazing. And thank you again for taking the time to uh, talk to us. I am very inspired by the work that you do and doing for all these years. And I know that the planet also is thankful for your work. And uh, thanks. You too. Take care and be careful with the virus. Huh? <laughs> yeah, for sure. All right. Adios. Bye-bye. Thank you again.